This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. For me, I've always approached those moments with doubling and tripling down. Um, so in terms of, you know, when, when, when adversity hits, you don't run from adversity, right? You, you impose your will on adversity. guys welcome back to another episode of three questions by corey kareem uh the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things and you guessed it we asked them three questions but not about their successes or their wins though um we rather discuss their failures and more importantly what they learned from those specific experiences in their life um so with that being said uh, my guest today is actually a good friend of mine uh goes by the name of francois rudder uh, he's a successful entrepreneur, investor, and startup professional. Uh, so with that being said, Francois, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be on. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. So I'm, any, any way I could be a part of the system, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, man, I had to get you up here because I know you got some you got some stories to tell, like Biggie would say, I got a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, so actually, why don't we do this? Because I know I gave you a pretty lightweight uh, intro. Uh, why don't you give everyone who is not familiar with who you are, the people who are going to be listening and tuning in, a brief ele elevator pitch about what you're doing and who you are. Sure. Yeah. So um, Francois Rudder out of Toronto, Ontario. I'm 36. I've been a business. I've been in business for myself now for it's the better part of 14 years. Um, I've been a full time entrepreneur uh, for the last nine years, uh, meaning that you know, like fully immersed in my own businesses and systems and stuff. Um, came from very humble beginnings. My parents were, uh, you know, in traditional business as well, um, so that kind of gave me an understanding of business at an early age. Uh, grew up, you know, in around the jewelry business downtown Toronto. Um, also, have traveled quite a bit. Grew up in Jamaica, so uh, did high school there. Got uh, you know some humbling lessons there, and really just roots understanding, you know, um, the the opportunities that exist and that are afforded to us. And uh, it's been it's been an exciting path for me. I've been in um, so multiple avenues. I guess I've I've done everything from you know, club promoting and, uh, and, um, you know, into direct sales, launching different businesses across different industries, managing um, and growing sales organizations and, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people across, uh, you know, now I've, I've touched 20 different countries, um, have built different types of partnerships, uh, have been in the cannabis space as well as the, you know, restaurants, um, and most recently I'm in the technology, uh, business. Uh, so I have a, uh, blockchain solutions business, uh, that I have, I'm, I'm, I have a partner with, and, um, you know, we've really, we've built something that's the first of its kind, and I'm really excited about what we're doing there and the type of disruption we're bringing into the ecosystem. And, you know, it's interesting because there's not a lot of people that look like us doing it. So you know, just it's it's an interesting space to be in, and to to really, uh, you know, to see, I guess, the dynamics that and, and opportunities that exist. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so uh, let's get into the first question. Uh, so, 
as an entrepreneur and investor, uh, what has been your biggest failure uh, to date? Tell me about that moment and, and why you believe it was your biggest failure. Sure. Uh, so I'd say that the biggest failure I encountered um, was attributed to a, uh, a restaurant business that I, I, I went into. Um, and I wouldn't really attribute the restaurant as a failure, but I think the partnership was more of the failure. And, and the thing for me that I learned from that was more so around, uh, you know, really evaluating who you go into business with and, um, and not necessarily a byproduct of, you know, someone or, or, or an entity not necessarily having the right credentials, because in, in my case, that wasn't the case. But I think that it's a matter of values, um, you know, ensuring that who you go into business with, you guys are, are symbiotic. You know, you, you, you share the same values, you share the same interests, um, you trust one another implicitly on both sides. You know, you can turn, you know, you can walk away and know that, hey, if I'm away for six months, I know that this business will be operated with the same amount of integrity and interest and, and um, intentions. And so for me, um, you know, that that venture for me was 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 one where, uh, you know, we invested. It was very capital heavy, invested a lot of money into it. Um, and, you know, the, the the partnership was one where, you know, the the partner I had or the partners I had um, were, were were very well equipped to be in that space. But we just was night and day in terms of our vision, our vision for what the brand and business could be was totally opposite. And our processes were totally opposite. And, you know, I kind of took a passive role to saying, okay, well, let me trust the experience because I was not the experienced person in, in this, um, you know, in this particular venture. Um, normally, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, very immersed, very hands-on. And I had taken an approach of being more passive. Um, and so that experience taught me a lot in the sense that, you know, you really got... You you can't you can't um, mistake anything for you know for hard work. You're gonna have to put the work in. You're gonna have to be associated. You got to be all in. You gotta you know. There's no such thing as passive investing. You know what I mean? You you need to be involved. And and for me, when I took the stance of that, I just realized that my involvement and in, intentions were completely opposite from theirs. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, that it, it just meant that we were not the right fit, you know, like a sports team, right? It's like you, you got winning a championship is always about how well the, 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 the players fit together and the coaching staff is together in the environment. Um, so, you know, it doesn't mean that a player is good or bad because or, or worse because they didn't win. It just means that, you know, chemistry isn't, isn't there. And so in this case, um, I learned a lot about really understanding who I'm being in business with and, and, you know, what's the real intent behind everything and um, what are some of the signs to be aware of, you know, when you're looking at getting into a business and uh, how much your input was there. So in, in my case, um, the business is still thriving. You know, I was able to exit. It wasn't a failure in terms of um, the business failed, but what, what I deemed as the failure was that, um, what it could have been, it didn't materialize. You know, I, I saw it as being a brand that would go on to, you know, have hundreds of locations, possibly thousands, you know, globally um, with a very iconic brand presence. But getting to that point, uh, you require, it requires a lot of synergy and approach. And 
you know, you got to, it's a marriage, you know, ultimately that's what it is. When you have a partnership, you're, you're basically saying I do, you know, you got to make sure that you know exactly who's, who you're, you're in business with and why, and what, you know, is it just about money or is there, is, is there a bigger intention here? So that would be for me, probably the biggest, I'd say, you know, failure per se is that I never materialized what that should have been. Um, yeah. So I, I would say that. Yeah. And so you hit on a couple of interesting points. One of them being that, you know, you can have two good people or two great people, but it's not the right fit. And I think that's a, an important point to call out because you use the basketball analogy where you could have two great star players, but they just they don't gel well together. And I think that a lot of people overlook that part. They say, oh, this person has the experience. This person has the skill. So therefore, we bring these two people together. It should be all gravy, but that's not necessarily the case. I think, you know, chemistry, uh, right fit, all make a or all play a huge role into contributing to the success of whatever that vision is. The second thing I want to follow up with is that, you know, you talk about with this particular venture, you are able to exit. And so when do you feel as an entrepreneur who started up many businesses, is there like a certain feeling you get that's intuitive to you that you're saying like, you know, this is not it. Like, I like the vision. Is there a certain feeling or is it just, are you just looking straight at like what I call the black and white, the, the hard facts, the, the, like the numbers aren't there or like, what is it for you? No, it's, it's definitely a feeling. Um, it's, it's, it's what, what I find in, 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 you know, my experience is that you'll know there's signs early, early stages mm. where, you know, maybe there's something done that didn't have your consent or the consideration or, um, you know, just little judgment calls. Um, you know, the trajectory of a business is very predictable. Like business in general is predictable, right? If I, if I look at, so if you look at the black and white components, mm-hmm. it will tell you, you know, your numbers will tell you if you're doing something right or if you're doing something wrong, it'll tell you where to tweak. But the underlying component that I think is more significant is how do you get, how did you get there? So for example, if you have a business and that business is running and operating for, you know, a year um, and it, and you had a particular intention to hit a particular goal, a target, you know, whether it be a financial target, let's say, well, if you don't hit that goal, there's accountability associated with that. And so you've got to be paying, you know, paying attention. I pay attention to, what you do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and then you segment that and say, okay, well, how is this contributing to what we had planned and where's the accountability? So is it that I'm a bad operator or or not an accountable operator? Um, Am I, you know, is my, my HR not on point, you know, my personnel and stuff, or is is it that I'm doing a poor job marketing and with my digital media strategy and stuff? There's a lot of indicators you can look at to to look at the business and say, hey, you know, this business isn't thriving because of X, Y, Z. But ultimately, it's going to come down to ownership. And if if you're in a relationship, business relationship, where that accountability doesn't seem to be there um, or it's dismissive or if a party believes that, uh, you know, they take it personal because, you know, Maybe the blame was on them or the accountability. These are early signs of what your partnership is going to be like long term, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and you can't dismiss that. If you, you know, sometimes people want to be nice or loyal. And, yeah. And, and, and I think that in business, um, there's no space to being nice. You have to be brutally mm-hmm. honest, brutally direct. And mm-hmm. your partners and people involved need to know that 
that's okay. This isn't a personal attack. This is about results. The same way like we talked about with, with sports, right? At the end of the day, a, a, a general manager is going to hold a coach accountable to wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And they're not interested in hearing, oh, well, injuries and all of that. No, because if we have the right training staff, if we have all the things around that team that's in, in place, well, ultimately you have to execute with what you've got, right? right? And so in, in business, it works the same where you, you get signs very early and that could be in a few months, you know, a few, sometimes even a few weeks. I mean, I can tell you that we uh, just give you one example. I remember hiring someone. Uh, well, we hired someone and, and um, that person came, had a huge resume, you know, had a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of the, the stuff at a surface level that said they were a good candidate. And I think like two or three weeks in, I, I, like just little things that they did that were instinctual com- components where I'm like, I would, I would never do this. It, for me, it was like, this, they got to go. I, the writing for me was on the wall. Now they came because they were tied to a relationship from mm-hmm. a partnership that I had. And that partner believed in that person more. So I said, okay, look, well, let, let's, let's see. Well, the reality is they ended up being with us three months longer than they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And the result was the same thing. They had to, we, we ended up, you know, terminating them and it cost us in time, mm-hmm. in, in, in training, in, mm-hmm. in, in, um, you know, uh, customer experience in, in so many different variables, the impact was exponential from something we could have addressed the th- three weeks in that it took us three months later because of, you know, feelings, emotions, because, mm. you know, we were tying emotions to the outcome. So I, I would definitely say when you're in business, this isn't about what, you, you know, when you're putting your hard earned money in, this is not about, um, you know, making people feel good. This is about results. Ah, I dig it. I like it. Uh, so question number two, um, tell me about a time when things weren't going your way, when everything seemed to be falling apart and nothing seemed to be working. What did you do to get over it and through it? Cool. Um, so I, <laughs> I can tell you, actually, I've had many occurrences of things not going well, but I think that's kind of just universal that, that, mm-hmm. that you know, that's the way that the universe will test you to see how bad you really want something. So in, 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 in cases where um, things never didn't seem like they were going the way that I wanted them to and could have been perceived as, uh, you know, maybe s- temporary failures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I've always approached those moments with doubling and tripling down. Um, so in terms of, you know, when, when, when adversity hits, you don't run from adversity, right? You, you impose your will on adversity. Mm-hmm. And um, by by doing so, you know, in, I'll give you a good example. I remember we had um, we had a scenario where we just had like a boatload of deadlines to meet and it didn't seem like we were going to hit any. And literally it required me to put in 19 hours a day for like a month straight. And I was like a zombie, but immersing myself doing all the different filling in the gaps that were necessary now, on some on, on one stance, somebody would say, well, man, that's crazy. But like I call that doing what it would, you know, doing whatever it takes. You got to have a whatever it takes mentality. Nobody's coming to save you. And so when, you know, you can choose to be emotional and 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 throw your hands up and say, man, you know, this isn't working. Or you can choose to be solutions oriented and say, I'm going to lock in and, and, and do the work. And um, nine out of 10 times, it's always going to it's going to work out for you if you take that approach. You know, I had a mentor that, that told me a long time ago that um, the way to respond 
it, it, to adversity is not defense, it's massive offense. Mm-hmm. And so you, you got to really approach um, when you see that there's, there's, there's barriers or struggles or anything that you're going through, you got to approach that and say, I'm the bigger person. You, you just remember that in life, if you ever have a very big problem, usually you're being smaller than the problem. Mm. And so you got to really assess and st- take a step back, almost remove yourself, have an outer body experience and say, you know, is this problem really bigger than me? So let's, let's, let's unpack that. So just for the people that are listening that might not understand the terminology, because I, I like where you're going. I was actually going to ask you about, you know, it's better to play offense than defense. So what does playing offense look like in a particular scenario that you might go through? Yeah, so that could mean, um, so I have a law background, right? And that could mean that, hey, you know, we need documents prepared and ready to meet a particular deadline. And the law firm tells me that they can't get it done. And I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm not waiting on you to do it. I'm going to do the work myself. I'm going to figure out how to create those documents and then get them peer reviewed and have them submitted so I can get them for signature instead of waiting two weeks and telling the client I'm going to delay this process two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to rely on a quote unquote professional to, to, mm-hmm. to handle my business. So whether it be accounting, sales, marketing, distribution, communication, whatever it is, I'm not relying on the expert to go get it done. You know, if if they tell me that they can only work within certain confinements and those confinements don't work with the schedule or the expectations that my clients have, then I'm going to find a way to make it happen without them. And ultimately, what that tells me is that maybe they're not the most reliable partner for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Because in business, it's all really about execution. You, you know, you could have a client that's a multi-billion dollar client that wants what you have and their expectations are out of this world. But the reason they're willing to be in business with you is because you get it done. You get things done that most people can't or, or presume they is impossible. Mm. No, man, I, I thank you for unpacking that. Uh, because one of the things I was thinking about is uh, when you were talking about imposing your will on, on adversity and, you know, having a whatever it takes mentality, it reminds me of this uh, thing I said to myself a while ago, uh, nothing new. It says, you know, nobody owes you anything to operate from that mindset. You know what I mean? Operate from the mindset that no one owes you anything. And that just sets you up to, to be whatever you need to be. This to week on three questions you have by in mind. Kareem. And then it also makes me think of the saying, if not you, then who? Right? right. To operate from that kind of mentality as well man but yeah thank you for for unpacking that i really appreciate someone's it. always looking to take your spot 100 percent, and it, and it's also because we we hear these kind of like uh hallmark uh bumper sticker sayings like you know if it's meant to be it will be yes and no you're right there's a there's a little bit of luck in universal stuff going on for sure because there's many things we can't control but you talk about imposing your will. If you really want something to happen, you are going to have to impose your will as much as you can, right? Um, leave everything, leave it all on the table, right? Like, or nothing on the table, I should say, right? And then if nothing happens, then you could say, you know what? I did everything I can. Absolutely. I have a, I have a, uh, a, um, a big uh, portrait before my office and it says, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. And- that's that, you know, I would attribute this to that. You know, it's like you, if you really just remove the excuses and take an, a, you know, just be accountable, the more you double down, triple down on what you're doing, you'll run into great situations and people will wonder, how did you get them? 
And it's because you were willing to bet on yourself. You were willing to do the work. Right, right. Absolutely. So let's get down to uh, the last question, question number three, which is more so like a two-part question. Um, what has been the best lesson you believe you've learned from failing thus far? Okay, so the best lesson I've learned, um, and I it took it's, I learned it in my in my twenties, in my late twenties, and I really wish I had learned it earlier. Um, and I always, what I would say is, you know, I, I come from so Corey, you and I share a very similar background where you know we didn't really have like our, our fathers involved in, 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 in our, in our lives like that. Right. Like they, that just was not a, a reality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I didn't know that I didn't know was growing up, I didn't understand the importance of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just co- operated off of this mindset where I thought, well, I was just good enough and I could do it. I'm confident. I don't lack any confidence and I could just work and do it, but no, like that, that that's good. But that's not what creates greatness, right? Greatness is, has a, a sense of mentorship. That's an underlying component that's tied to it. And it's very intentional. If you look at any major successful um, figure in this world, I guarantee you they had a mentor. Um, I guarantee you there was at some point, someone who took responsibility and accountability for guiding them down that path. And so what I would say is the biggest lesson that I've learned is that mentorship is accelerated wisdom. Oh, I was just going to say that. I remember when you taught you, you shared that quote with me. I don't know how many years ago. I never forgot that. That yeah. always plays in the back of my mind. And to your point about us having very similar, you know, upbringings, backgrounds, um, it wasn't until my late 20s or maybe even early 30s, to be honest with you, you know, me being uh, working in corporate when I would be around other guys my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, and they would know how to do all these things that I honestly didn't know how to do. And when I'd be around them, I'd ask them, like, you know, sometimes indirectly, directly, you know, how'd you learn how to do that? And they'd be always like, oh, when I was a teenager, my dad, you know, or when I was a kid, my uncle, or this and that. And I was like, oh, so that's what it is. Because, you know, similar to you, for me growing up, majority of my friends didn't have their you know father figure in the household or wasn't even around period and so to me it was normalized so i never once used it as a a crutch or an excuse because to me it was normal and so therefore i didn't grow up feeling like i missed out on anything until i got later in life i was like oh okay now there's there's a bunch of stuff i gotta teach myself that could have been taught to me at a younger age had i had someone like that in my life but yeah to your point and also relationships like one of the things that's that's crazy, like that I ex- I experience right now with a lot of heightened levels, is just like it, it, mentorship is one thing in terms of knowing how to operate. But the other thing is actually the is access as well. The mm. access you get by extension of the of your mentors, Absolutely. right? Those right. doors are doors that you got in, in. You know, you you normally will have to fight like crazy to get in, which a mentor could just easily open for you as a you know means of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember, you know, recently meeting, meeting someone, I won't name, name who I won't put them on blast, but I met somebody, uh, very, very successful, um, you know, likened to a very successful family. And one of the things that just blew me away was this was probably one of the sharpest young people I've ever met in their early twenties. And em- they had the imprint of mentorship. Like it was like oozing out of them. 
um, you know, they went to the, you know, went to the school, did all the stuff. They did all the work, mm. but who they were was intentionally a byproduct of mentorship. Mm-hmm. There's no if, ends, buts around it. And they cr- accredited it to it. And so I would just tell anybody that's in business or any, anybody in general, you know, the best thing you can find is a mentor. You, you need to like intentionally with a real passion, go out, be humble and just look, if you admire certain people, tell them, let them know and tell them the void that you have, you have, you know, just be willing to be vulnerable and say, look, this is something I don't have in my life that I'm always looking for. And, and just build relationships because over time that will take you way further than just, you know, work ethic and hard, hard work, hard work is important, but like the mentorship, you need, you need a combination of the two. You know what? And you hit, you hit another point there when I sat down with my good friend, Irene Makasa, and she's pretty high up uh, as a black woman in corporate at a young age. And she said, you know, we also, as minorities, we put a lot of emphasis on hard work. Yes, that is a, a part of the recipe, but also she would say, I would challenge everyone to work strategically. And I think that's what you're just talking about is through relationships that allows you to be strategic. If you know this person excels in this area of business, then you need to spend some time with that person who can open up some doors and create some leverage for you. Because at the end of the day, it is about leverage. And we all know we've seen this. We've lived long enough to know that it's not always the hardest working person that gets to the top, if you want to call it that. Right. It's all about the person, a little bit of luck. Of course, there's hard work, but the person who's thinking strategically is most likely setting themselves up for, for greater uh, success. Absolutely. Right. So I think you answered the second part to the question, but I'm going to answer. I'm going to ask it anyways, just to see if you have any other gems to drop. Um, what is one piece of advice to the millions of people experiencing failure right now that you would give to them? So that would be to never perceive uh, failure as a loss. Mm. I would I would say the thing that has always helped me the most is that I've taken every opportunity where I could perceive a temporary moment that most would deem as failure and I've treated it as a lesson. And by, by doing that, I've gathered this book of lessons that have largely leapfrogged me into the things I'm doing today. You know, so my success today is really a byproduct of having a catalog of a lot of lessons. I didn't deem them as failures. I didn't deem them as losses, but I, I, I took them and, and put them in that book um, as, a, as a real lesson to teach me how to guide myself. You know? So today I make better decisions uh, with whom I'm in business with and how I partner and how I structure myself and you know, what I give my time to. Um, and, and, and so I would say to you know, millions of people out there, if you're dealing with failure or you know you, you're handling loss you, you know it, it shift that mindset and look at what can i learn from this instead of what did i lose because really it's only a loss if you perceive it as that um it could actually be something that helps you you know years l- later absolutely and to hit on that to hit on that note you just called out um i think it's um i can't remember her name her last name is roberts but she's a a very well-known like news anchor uh, news presenter, uh, I think it's Robin Roberts or something like that. Forgive me. She has a master class on that app. And she said, you know, learn to make your mess your message. So essentially taking your failure 
and how to transform that into you know whatever success you're going after uh but francois uh if the people want to follow you get in contact with you do business with you how can they reach you uh at only one francois f-r-a-n-z-u-a one one of one so at only one francois on instagram um, I'm on uh, Clubhouse as well, and I am on Facebook, Francois Rudder on Facebook. So, you know, hit me up, and I'm, I'm always down to, to communicate and collaborate and, you know, really exchange value with people and see how we could grow and impact one another. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, as guys, as I always like to say, if you want to impress people, you know, talk about your wins, talk about your successes, the things you've gained. Um, but if you really want to have an impact on somebody's life, uh, talk about your failures or the lessons you learned from those experiences. That's how you really move the needle in other people's lives. Um, so that, with that being said, guys, on that note, uh, Francois and I are out. Peace and love to the next time.